the 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 point the moral of the story is uh vampires don't pay taxes and all of the cullens belong in prison absolutely mm-hmm for not paying taxes and also for some serious medical malpractice. Yeah, medical yeah. malpractice, stealing cars, like... Grand Theft Auto, you yeah. know, forged papers. Um, yeah, oh yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. about all the forgery they've Jail, done. straight to jail. And the illegal... <laughs> Every single Cullen. Absolutely. Straight and we have illegal jail. documents being made in Breaking Dawn. <laughs> like... Yep. But let's be honest, when you're in that tax bracket, you can get away with that shit. Ooh, real she, people in real life true. get away all, with that shit and they're all when they're in the Cullen's tax too. bracket. Oh, yeah. Rich and they're white. All, they're all white, immortal well, one, billionaires. One of them they even, can get away with anything they want. One of them is even the southern kind of white. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Melissa. And I'm Glenn. And this is Teen Squee. Oh, sorry, Allie. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Back for the the third time for the Triple Crown, you know? (laughs) (laughs) This is Teen Squee. This This is is the podcast where we spill the tea about the things that make us squee. And today uh, we are incredibly unhinged. And, you know, it's been a long week and it's been a long, like, four and a half months yeah. of us covering this damn series so thank god, oh god. we're finally done with it Ugh. this is the last twilight episode and then we can move on with our lives yes. <laughs> i can stop dreaming about twilight i have not bold dreamt about twilight those, bold of you to assume those dreams are gonna stop <laughs> i hope so i have not dreamt about twilight since i was like 12 so what? this is new it's, i was like oh god it's also pisces season so they're all very vivid and confusing <laughs> as fuck i hate it here <laughs> awful so today we're discussing movies. parts one and two of the breaking dawn movies so this was in the height of that whole like uh teen movie uh breaking the last book into two different parts uh craze so it started with harry potter and the deathly hallows and then a year later breaking dawn parts one and two came out mm-hmm. and then like Six years later, you had Mockingjay parts <laughs> one and two, and the last, like, Divergent movies part oh, one two. Oof. We don't talk about those mm-hmm. See, with the Harry Potter movies, I understood, because in Deathly Hallows, there's all that awful camping. Camping oh, for true. days. <laughs> so much camping, and that book was, like, massive. Mm-hmm. It needed Bre- two mm-hmm. parts. Breaking Dawn does not make sense. They had to no. add, like, whole scenes in that weren't in the book <laughs> yep. to like make the runtime appropriate and i do not abide by that i disagree <laughs> oh i Ooh. really like it being broken up into two parts um admittedly i do not think that the second film needed to be as long as it was no. But I think in order to get everything from that final book in, onto film, it needed to be two parts. Otherwise, you were going to end up with an over three hour long movie. This is true. Sure. We would have had an e- Avengers Endgame situation where we, we <laughs> needed diapers to watch Breaking because- Dawn. Because... Listen, listen, uh, I understand that part one is literally just Fluff the movie, but I love Fluff the movie. I do. Okay, I waited, I waited three other movies to get Fluff the movie, (laughs) and I deserve for it to be fluffed. See, I'm on board with you with that. I actually, I liked Breaking Dawn part one more than part two. Like, part two is just mm-hmm. not it for me for, like, a thousand different reasons. Maybe I'm just mad about part two because when I went to go see it, like, I was already over it. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the theater. My mom gets up to go get snacks because it's just me and my mother. Um, <laughs> and uh, this cu- this couple sitting, like, two seats over proceeds to start making out before the movie even starts and i'm like disrespectful i am a child (laughs) i literally i will never heal from the fact that i was not a twi hard during the time that the movies were premiering because i was not able to share the collective experience (laughs) of seeing the final battle in breaking dawn part two in the theaters for the first time 
I lost my shit. I'm just upset. I'm upset. (laughs) Hearing a whole theater collectively lose its shit over, like, Carlisle's decapitated head being, like, (laughs) held up in, like, the Volturi's hand. I know nothing else can compare to that experience. I, I just in my vi- life. vividly remember like being in my mom's face, going, "This didn't happen in the book. This <laughs> isn't in the book." Like the whole theater, I could hear people like m- like whispering, like very concerned. This wasn't in the books. This the wasn't swerve. in the books. And I said the same thing. I looked at my mom. I was like, "This wasn't in the books. What the <laughs> fuck is going on here?" Uh, so yeah, like we we always talk about when we cover the the films, what was different between the books versus the film, and I'd argue that Breaking Dawn parts one and two are the most faithful adaptations of the book oh, yeah, in this yeah. entire series. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like they they are a one for one copy of the book, the exception being that at the end of Breaking Dawn Part 2, where in the book we just have Alice and Jasper showing up with Noel, and then a conversation Mm -hmm. happens between uh, them and Aro. In the film, Alice shows Aro a vision of what will happen, and what will happen is that everyone dies. We get this giant battle scene. Because Alice shows him the vision and is like, it doesn't matter what I show you. You've already made up your mind. And then Carlisle gets beheaded and everyone fights to the death. And then you cut back to none of that having happened. And you realize that it was all just a vision that Alice was showing Aro. And it's it's ridiculous. It's literally traumatizing. In my opinion, it's one of the best, like, Twilight doesn't get a lot of, like, the best kind of things, but this yeah. was one of the mm-hmm. best of the, it was all a dream swerve. It was. Mm-hmm. Like, now, I think after the first time, though, for me, I can't watch part two because of it now. Like, it just <laughs> makes me so incredibly anxious every single time I watch it. I'm like, fuck, I can't watch this movie anymore. But when I first <laughs> saw it, the shock value it had, 10 out of 10, that was amazing. I will admit, I cry during the final battle scene. Oh. Every time I watch it, I cry. I don't I don't get upset by it until Leah sacrifices herself oh. for Esme. It's when they kill and Seth for me. Every time I'm like, yes. oh, not my baby. See? They kill Seth. You watch Leah realize her brother is gone mm-hmm. and see the determination in her wolf face. And then she makes the choice that she has nothing left to live for. And so she sacrifices herself to save Esme, who she has never liked, but who has done so much for her. It's so beautiful. And it just, I cry every time. Yeah, legit. (laughs) See, during the battle scene, I just get a big case of the giggles because Edward has been all like, Bella, she's like delicate. She's a little flower this whole series. And then in this final battle, he's like yeeting her across the battlefield and flinging her around like a yo-yo. Like <laughs> Bella's kicks ass in the battle scene. I give her that. I'm like, look at Which, Bella go. It's, it's another mm-hmm. case of Bella is the superior vampire because where she learned yeah. all this kung fu. <laughs> like, really? I, especially in the books where Edward was like, I'm not going to train you. That I just can't do it. Make Emmett do it. But I guess mm-hmm. Emmett did train her a little bit. But I was like, Did damn, Bella. <laughs> I'm like, pop off, Bella. I want to call her Bella Swan, but she's Bella Cullen in this case, which sounds weird in my brain. Bella Swan's just such a better name. She should have kept her it last is. name. She should have. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, but I- so sp- speaking of her changing her last name, uh, I need to talk about Breaking Dawn Part 1 <gasps> yes. and specifically about their wedding. Oh, it's so beautiful. So here's the thing. Breaking Dawn Part 1 might be my favorite Twilight film. I think that, like, the the first one is the peak mm-hmm. and will always be the best mm-hmm. because it is so camp. Yes. Like, the, the first one I love to hate, if that makes sense. It's so stupid. Uh, I love it. <laughs> we have no choice but the to first stand one... in the blue tint and the golden onion, uh, you know. Yes, exactly. iconic. The first one is iconic. The first one makes me laugh. It just brings me joy. <laughs> but Breaking Dawn Part 1... I think is my favorite film because I love a good wedding arc. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I adore it. I think that it uh, is a very faithful adaptation to the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm just obsessed with the Twilight wedding. And if it's not the Twilight wedding, I don't want it. Yes. 
Yes, I agree with that. I have a real unpopular opinion related to the Twilight Wedding. I think Bella's um, nightmare dress better than her real one. Ooh. Mm, I'm not a fan of her real dress. I love her real dress. I used to want to dress just like that as a kid. And even now in my early 20s, I would love something similar to it because I think it's very beautiful and elegant. But I can see where you're coming from. I like the nightmare dress too. I don't know if I like either of them, if I'm being totally honest. The nightmare dress is very, you know, that early, Mm mid-2000s, like, cupcake dress. Like, (laughs) that is the dress I picture when Taylor Swift sings wearing a gown shaped like a pastry Mm -hmm. in uh, Speak Now. Mm -hmm. But then her actual dress looks like an elevated nightgown. Yeah. And, like, it's elegant and it's sleek and I get what they were going for but it's not my vibe i don't like it i've only yeah. seen like That's... a peak of it but um the 50 shades of gray wedding dress way better i haven't seen that <laughs> and dress. It, and technically it is supposed to be it's basically the same thing because 50 shades is glorified twilight fan fiction yeah mm-hmm. interesting i'll have to look it up sometime because now i'm mm-hmm. curious and i want to see a better version because i do agree I think the back of Bella's wedding dress is what gets me. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. I like the low back, but the front needs a little something, something. Yeah, it's like just some this, more lace. It's just this very boring satin in the front, and yeah. she it doesn't it does not fit on K Stu's body very well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a weird outline. I guess not mm-hmm. outline, weird shape. I should say because it's not quite like a mermaid, but it's also not an A line. It's like trying to be both, and it's not working. No, also. Mm-hmm. They make a big fuss over her shoes, but you, like, never see her shoes. No, so. <laughs> and her shoes are so pretty, too. I'm like, yeah, show them off. They're gorgeous. Shoes. But also, you would not wear high heels to a wedding in the woods. No, I would be yeah. wearing flats. <laughs> I want to say that this was the first time that I've ever watched this film out of sequence. So, usually, when I watch Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2... I watch them at the end of a Twilight Marathon. Mm-hmm. They aren't films that I just decide, oh, I'm going to watch this one tonight. <laughs> like, I, I do that with the Harry Potter films. I don't do that with the Twilight films. Yeah. I have to watch mm-hmm. all of them or none of them kind of thing. <laughs> um, and so I sat down to watch Breaking Dawn Part 1 without having, without it immediately following Eclipse mm-hmm. for the first time ever this week. Gosh. And... I was like, this film is actually funny, and I genuinely, like, I've always enjoyed this film, but, like, this film is better out of sequence, mm-hmm. out of context of a Twilight Marathon, um, beginning immediately with just K-Stu's uh, facial expressions when she's trying to walk in the heels. <laughs> Queen of comedy. Absolutely. Also, uh, this film perfectly encapsulates the difference between Charlie and Renee's parents mm-hmm. from the moment they are introduced to the morning of the wedding, because Charlie's standing there looking at that stupid graduation cap, like, collection yeah. in the Cullen's house, and he's like, are those graduation caps? Like, that? there's something weird going uh-huh. on with that. And Renee just goes, so creative, and <laughs> smacks him on the arm and runs upstairs. And Charlie's like, like there's there's weird. something fishy going on here. He's using them police, de- you know, detective skills for once. What few skills he has. Yeah, he doesn't have very <laughs> many. I'm glad the grad cap wall is not something in the books. Like, in the mm-hmm. books, it's Carlisle's, like, big wooden crucifix from his daddy's church <laughs> that's in the house. Jesus. In the in the and, movies, graduation caps. <laughs> a little more you know, politically correct, I guess. I feel like the giant cross wouldn't translate well to film, you know? Yeah. Like like Bella's like introduction to the Collins outfit where it's like the blue collared shirt with the khaki skirt. Ew. I'm glad that did, I'm glad that didn't make it to screen either because it would have been so ugly. <laughs> like oof. Knee length khaki skirt. Who thought that Ew. was okay? Stephanie Meyer thought it was like you know the what, pinnacle Stephanie of fashion. Meyer. She she went, you know what's really sexy? Khakis. <laughs> True. <laughs> Also, can we talk about how everyone gets to make a speech at their uh-huh. wedding? It's like <laughs> it's so like wild. 
you know, best man, who I would assume would be Emmett, yeah. okay, sure, you know, usually Maid of Honor makes a speech as well, so I'm surprised that mm-hmm. Alice didn't. Um, you know, parents of the bride and groom, that's not completely out of the question. But Jessica? One of, <laughs> Jessica? Yeah, that's the one that gets me. Random girl we went to high school yeah. with gets up and talks shit girl, about like, the bride. Yeah, like, didn't like Bella. No. <laughs> like, if it was Angela, different story, because Angela mm. would have been, like, a bridesmaid, I feel like, if Bella had done that whole bridesmaid I... thing. Which All the have. speeches just make me cringe in my seat. Like, I can't stand them. <laughs> Emmett's, the, I, love I love Emmett's. Emmett's. I hope you got enough sleep over the last 18 years because you won't be getting any for a while. I like how Charlie, <laughs> Charlie assumes it's about sex, too, and he's just like, I'm going to kill uh, myself. Everybody assumes it's about <laughs> sex. And you know what? It is. <laughs> it is. It's both. <laughs> Bella wants that dick as a human and a vampire. It translated. Very well. Emmett, Emmett mm-hmm. is the ultimate wingman. He's like, yes, Bella, yeah. get that dick. Really and truly. Mm-hmm. I have no get choice that but ice to stand. Pee-pee, you know? But <laughs> I, I loved Edward's little speech to Bella. Like, that was really cute. Like, no par- mm-hmm. no measure of time with, with you will be enough, but let's start with forever. And I'm like, ugh, I'm crying. So sweet. It gives me a toothache. Literally. Also, <laughs> can I talk about how hot Edward is in Breaking Dawn? Like, <laughs> Honeymoon Edward makes me feral. And I can't, ex- I can't explain why. I think it's because he's happy. I get it. He's happy for once. And I love when he's not an angsty little bitch baby. When he's actually happy and smiley, I'm like, ugh, I'm dying. Something that was pointed out in, like, a text post was that um, on Isle Esme, like, this is the first time Edward can't hear anybody else. Ooh. It's, like, the first, like, he's been, this is, like, an isolated island with the person he loves most in the world, and he can't hear her thoughts, and it's finally quiet. Oh, my God. Oh, oh wow. wow! It's the first time Edward's ever known peace. Honestly. Yeah, he's like, wow, like, maybe Bella. Wow. Like, basic, like peace and just like true bliss. Like, yeah, that's wow. why he's so hot and breaking. Yeah, that's why Ro- Robert you know. Pattinson is an underrated actor because he picks up on the little subtleties. Like uh, he knew before mm-hmm. anybody else that Edward was just this big pile of angst. Really, <laughs> truly, no one. Speaking of. The Batman yeah, premiered yes. today, and I cannot wait to go Same. see. Same, yeah, I need to go, to go see the Batman. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm like, we've been a Rob fan for the long haul, and I want to wear a Twilight shirt. Been a fan of Absolutely. Robert Pattinson ever since he was Cedric Diggory. Oh uh, yes. Mm-hmm. The f- uh, wow, I've had a crush on that man for a lot of a lot of time. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing mm-hmm. to watch it grow and bloom over the years. <laughs> 10 out of 10 amazing can we talk about how uh none of bella's outfits until she gets to isle esme are like good yeah like her neither wedding dress is particularly great mm-hmm. her leaving dress Ugh. for the honeymoon down. makes her look like she's 40 it does it's very mother of the bride if you will oh it seriously is like alice what were you thinking yeah um and then she gets to isle esme and she gets a whole bunch of cute lingerie like honestly 10 out of 10 alice great great shopping Mm -hmm, yeah good job the the little lingerie sequences too always make me giggle it's so funny i (laughs) love the scene where she flops in the bed in the little nighty and he pulls the sheet just over her butt it's (laughs) so funny (laughs) edward will not be tempted by sin no (laughs) never ever also, the soundtrack for Breaking Dawn Part 1 is banging. Like, so many good little indie bops, and I'm thriving. Mm-hmm. Like, New Moon New Moon as a whole is my favorite movie and soundtrack, but... like Also, oh. so many songs that I'd want to walk down the aisle to. Oh my god, I know. In Breaking Dawn Parts 1 and 2. Turning page <laughs> makes me a soft, squishy little marshmallow. Oh, so cute. I was about to ask if Flightless Bird was in Breaking Dawn, but no, that's in the first one. Yeah. Well, isn't it? It is, but it is also oh. in Breaking Dawn. Uh-huh. The it wedding is version both. is in Breaking Dawn. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they changed, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell any difference. Because it's what plays while they're exchanging their vows. Oh, yes. Oh. 
I uh, also want to talk about how when Bella cooks the chicken, it does not look cooked. No. Like, I I spent forever thinking the reason that she got sick was because she was eating raw chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's because she's experiencing morning sickness. Well, like, it, that's what she assumes at first, too. Yeah. But then, like, in the book, I think she, like, cracks open a piece. Because it's, like, po- is it, like, regular pieces of chicken or is it, like, popcorn chicken? Like, I don't remember. It's, like, it's regular, regular pieces chicken. of chicken. Wow. Okay. <laughs> but she, like, opens it and it's, like, cooked all the way through. Mm-hmm. But the movie chicken looked disgusting. If you yeah. I was like, this looks nasty and I would not be Because K-Sue can't cook. I don't know. <laughs> No, no. And then she's like, I think I'm pregnant. And she raises her shirt and she's like, whoa. And her stomach is perfectly flat. Literally, it kills me every time. That's one of the things that Robert Pattinson laughs about in the commentaries. Like, Kristen looks down at her flat stomach. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like, when the trailer first dropped for it, I remember, like, the side angle that Bella has where she lifts up her shirt and it's, like, the perfectly flat stomach. I'm like... Bitch, what it's are like, you looking boo, at? You whore. There's, there's no bump there. Could someone have not given her a little tiny baby bump? Like, well, also the the A plus acting when the baby kicks and she goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> Whoa! Like, <laughs> fucking kills me. So uh, apathetic. Like, there's a there's a little parasite in you. Act a little more alarmed. <laughs> speaking of the. <laughs> little parasite do we want to talk about chuck esme for a hot sucky here you, yes you. and the atrocity that is chuck esme and the please. cgi baby renesme yes is also the cgi in breaking down part two is literally so bad and mm-hmm. i don't know why in the last it's, movie it got so awful it's like the direct like everybody involved with like the creation of cgi baby did not trust my earbud fell out <laughs> did not trust the um the audience's suspension of disbelief because if you had yeah. used different age like slightly different children for yeah. every one of like mm-hmm. her evolutions we wouldn't have cared <laughs> no right i, I would have preferred like a realistic looking baby to cgi baby CGI with baby. chuck esme they used yeah. real babies yeah like there's like on set pictures of like rob holding like a cute little infant and i'm like that would have been perfect for mm-hmm. renesme but instead you did the chucky doll which everybody was terrified mm-hmm. of and then you cgi'd a baby's face on it and what a bad combo mm-hmm. <laughs> and then renesme like and then once mackenzie foy the actress who plays renesme started like filling in they would cgi her face to look younger and it looked so bad until she just... was like mm-hmm. the one doing the things because they had, like, several, several children playing, mm-hmm. but they CGI'd Mackenzie Foy's face on, and the problem is CGI just was not there yet. No. Like, the deep fakes were not that great back then. No. Because mm-hmm. that's essentially what they did. It's a deep fake. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks haunted. Great. She yeah. does. Like, something looks like, off what... about that child until it's, like, Mackenzie herself playing Renesmee with no CGI. Like, if I were Jacob, I would not imprint on that demon baby. <laughs> like, that's the ugliest fucking baby I've ever seen. I, I'd and say like, no to that. They used it because, like, Renesmee does not, like, act like a normal baby. Yeah. She's more expressive, more responsive. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. It, it, they wildly missed the mark. And they yeah. severely mm-hmm. underestimated the audience's suspension of disbelief when it comes to children in movies. Especially when Bella's, like, skeleton body with all the work they put into that and how realistic yeah. that looked. And then you compare that with Chuck Esme. I'm like, I feel like the That's same level That's where all their CG budget went to. Skeleton, to Skeletor Bella. They made, like, a, a doll, though, of Kristen, and it looked really, really good. And I don't know mm, why yeah. that didn't translate to Renesmee's little doll. Like, I don't get it. Also, a thing that always makes me giggle is the transformation of Bella. And it's, I, I think it's her ribcage knitting yeah. back together. But the titty it's pop. Like, Boobs. <laughs> Titties. <laughs> like, surprise. I Being a vampire you. means you get a nice set of titties. Literally. And my mom was like, wait, so vampires just have makeup? Is that what just makes them pretty? And I was like, you know what? 
valid point, Jen. You know what? I guess so. (laughs) We watched, like, Bella's, like, beautiful, like, smoky eye happen and, like, the winged liner. My mom's like, what the actual fuck? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That was a choice. Theoretically should have woken up with, like, the deep purple shadows under her eyes because she gonna wake up thirsty. She hangry. She she a thirsty girl. Mm-hmm. Also, that is something I noticed in like all the vampires' makeup, like the deep shadows under the eyes were like never really a thing throughout the whole movie series. Mm-hmm. Also, speaking of makeup in these films, just in general, Carlisle looks terrible. Oh, yeah, he looks so awful. Cakey. The zaddy went bye bye and went he, to Edward. His look just went downhill throughout oh. all the films because Peter Fascinelli in the first film. A chef's kiss, if you um, Even in the anything. second movie, he wasn't... He was still looking yeah. pretty good. But Eclipse no, hit, uh-huh. and something happened. Eclipse, and their bad wigs, and... <laughs> His hair got darker, uh-huh. and he just looked so much worse. Yeah. So much worse. And he was so they hot. Really did. They really did him dirty. Like, I've seen pictures of him from, like, the, the Forks Festival, like, recently in this past year, and he mm-hmm. looked so fucking hot, so, like, yep. <laughs> why'd they do him dirty like that? So rude. Especially mm. when Twilight Carlisle was a zaddy through and through, and it was Charlie who aged beautifully and gracefully, and he looked so <laughs> good. Charlie's the, the only movie. real vampire in those movies. <laughs> Billy Burke is the only one who looks the same in all of these movies. <laughs> absolute he's also just like giving the most as an actor in these films he was like when jacob comes to talk to him and he he's like listen charlie (laughs) bella's and he's like no she's not no she's not she's she's not like she's not dead and you watch him go through all five stages of grief Uh uh-huh on his face in that like single line and i'm like yes yes and then again when he's like with bella and he hugs her, and he can tell the temperature is different, and he just, like, the face mm-hmm. he makes, but then it's like, I don't care, my daughter's here, that's all that matters. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. master class in acting right there. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, he deserved an Oscar for these films, and Billy I'm not Billy Burke is the true king of the Twilight films, and I really will not be told true. otherwise. <laughs> also, I, the, imp- the Jacob and Renesmee imprinting is awful and gross and weird. And then we have it in a movie. I didn't know that imprinting gave you clairvoyance and prophetic uh, visions because he imprints and suddenly he can see her grown up. Yeah. First of all, ew. Yeah. <laughs> it's so gross. And then, like, seeing Mackenzie Foy and, like, Taylor Lautner interacting with each other as Jacob and Renesmee, oh, it made my stomach churn. I was like, I don't like seeing this in live action. And seeing him interacting mm-hmm. with a child, and I know he's imprinted on, it's very weird to my brain. Like, it's also, icky. Uh, also, Alice was... Sh- the, the vision at the end of the movie Alice has of Jacob and Renesmee could it not have been a thing. It doesn't make sense. It cannot happen. Because she cannot one, she can't see, see she can't see the werewolves. <laughs> Two, I don't think she can see Renesmee either. No. No. Cause, yeah, because she's half... She's a half, and Alice is like, I can only see things that I've been. I'm not a werewolf, and I'm not half human, half vampire, so I can't see them. And then at the end, it's like, oh, hey, Bella and Edward, here's meeting your child and her werewolf lover on the beach when they're all grown up. (laughs) Ew. Happy ending. (laughs) Should I start calling you dad? (laughs) See, See, Stephanie Meyer tries to make the point, like, going, it's not... It doesn't have to be romantic, but then they throw that line into the movies where he's like, should I start calling mm-hmm. you dad? And it's like, no, you're very clear. It's very clear you meet, you intend for this to be romantic. Yeah. And then we saw, mm-hmm. the, and we have an end vision of Jacob and Renesmee clearly together as adults. Barf. Meeting, meeting up with her parents. I'm like, I don't know how other way I'm supposed to interpret this, but. Well, like, it's implied in the books that Renesmee's going to be stuck at 15 mm-hmm. forever. She's going to stop aging at 15, which, what a weird age. Does that mean Jacob's going to be phasing forever then? Because he doesn't yeah, age while I he's phasing. So. so is he just stuck as a werewolf for the rest of his life? So but he's, he's like, stuck at what, 16 forever? Like 16, 17? Yeah, like, like 16. And it's that makes me really sad for him because he didn't want, he like doesn't want to phase anymore in his POV and Breaking Dawn. And then now he's stuck doing it forever because he imprinted yeah. well. 
but the thing is that the the bitch he imprinted on is immortal Mm -hmm. and so in a way like it works and it makes sense but what's sucky about that whole situation is that they are forever stuck at 15 and 16 Uh which means that they can't do the whole you know growing up and getting married thing like uh bella and edward did especially since she's gonna reach maturity uh like in seven years yeah yeah like Like she's gonna look like a teenager still for the rest of her life and so will Mm -hmm. he i mean for the rest of forever i guess in that case oh ick it's It's gross it's all levels of icky and i'm not a fan and Mm -hmm. um i i think stephanie meyer owes us all an apology (laughs) she really does but Mm -hmm. she never will (laughs) she's really she really when she like writes something that people don't agree with she like clings to it so tightly and i'm like girl just admit that you're wrong it's so much easier. Just admit that you're gross. So, like, we're yeah. fine. Just admit admit it. You're gross. So, in Breaking Dawn Part 2, we get my favorite moment in the entire movie saga. And it is uh, Michael Sheen as Aro when he meets Renezme. <laughs> <laughs> and he cackles. And he's like, ah! It's so, I cringe every time. It's so awful. It makes me laugh every single it's, time. I it's watch right it. up there with Bella's first hunt where she springs on the mountain lion and goes, rah! And like, oh my god. And she climbs it like a cockroach. <laughs> skitter, skitter up the mountainside. It's awful. I love his little cackle, though. I, yeah. Again, Michael Sheen's dedication to Aro, amazing mm-hmm. chef's kiss, knows no bounds. Oh, I want to talk about Edward and Bella's honeymoon for a second. <laughs> Go for where it. We... <laughs> I just think it's funny how it wasn't described in the books, and then we have Bella have like a flashback to sexy time in the movie, and we watch them bone, and then we watch them bone again <laughs> in Breaking Down Part 2. Which I think the is br- funnier. The breaking of the bed was very artfully done. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, Edward, pop off. Like, he, like I, I'm glad we got to see how that occurred because literally Same. Bella's just like, there's a chunk taken out of the headboard. It's like, no, Edward gripped the headboard so tight that it splintered <laughs> under his hands and the canopy collapsed. <laughs> Damn. I will say, as far as like PG thirteen rated sex scenes mm-hmm. go, the ones in the Breaking Dawn movies were very artfully they done. Were. Like cinematically, they were they were beautiful. They really were. And I don't. Like, I don't think we saw any butt cheeks. So no, we didn't. Yeah, it's not like we might have seen Bridgerton. like the tiniest bit of side boob. Yeah, and that's it. Like the tiniest bit of side boob and like the top of their butts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots of barebacks. So many yeah, barebacks. Like- Bear bags, <laughs> which is fine. Also, like the the honeymoon like is scored so well mm-hmm. with I. It's oh I said it earlier and I forgot the name of the song, but it's really beautiful actually. And I'm like ten out of ten. This is gorgeous, horny, all at the same time. <laughs> we love to see that. It also does make me like the cinematography for Isle Esme is just absolutely gorgeous. Oh. It makes everybody want to go mm-hmm. to like a private island with with mm-hmm. your your partner and just have a good time. Yeah. You know, lots of sex, mm-hmm. tropical birds, <laughs> cliff diving. A ten out of ten yep. vacation right there. Like, where's mm-hmm. my vampire mm-hmm. husband with a private island? And I would all like to go. Yes. Oh. I mean, I'm I love that they tried to incorporate the cover into the movie. It's not with... subtle at all, though. No, it's, not. <laughs> no, it's like the, the chessboard is literally the chess pieces are literally red and white. Yeah. I also yeah. love how they it's only included the covers for Twilight and Breaking Dawn, and then the other two movies they're like, eh, fuck the covers. No, but they did actually. Uh, consider the cover in New Moon at least I know for it's, sure yeah. they consider it because when Carlisle after Bella has been hurt mm-hmm. and he's stitching her up he drops the bloody towels into the wastebasket and sets it on fire and they linger on that shot and that's supposed to be mm-hmm. like the flower Ooh. on the cover of the book I thought that was a heart, I, like think a heart e- to me. I think e- Eclipse was the least um like close because like people like online are like it's the blood dripping down her arm when she cuts her arm 
in the fight with Riley and Victoria. I'm like, okay, you're you're kind of reaching. I get it, but Mm -hmm. you're reaching just a little there. I think the the most the best done is the one in New Moon with the bloody towels and the wastebasket, and he sets it on fire. That one's the most artfully done. Um, The chess pieces is a close second, and then the apples just fucking stupid. I kind of love the apple <laughs> shot, though. Also, when that I, like, apple be bruised. You can't eat that now. No. <laughs> also, like, I had the DVD for Twilight, and, like, I watched the behind the scenes, and, like, how many times they had to, like, do the apple shot was kind of comical. It was so many different <laughs> times of Rob just trying to toe the apple the right way so it landed in his hands the right way with the little wire. It was, like, amazing dedication on on his part. Subtlety. Thy name is not hired... Twilight. No, it's not. I mean, Stephanie Meyer is the OG of awful foreshadowing, so <laughs> it only just translated to the movies. They should have hired someone with hacky sack as a special <laughs> skill on their resume to play Edward. I don't know, maybe, maybe Rob does have that skill on his resume and he's just a liar. I mean, he does lie about lots of things in interviews, so that could be one of them. <laughs> yeah, like his first experience at the circus. Yeah. Complete fucking lie. I love watching the Batman stuff where he's like has to face his lies over the years. And he's like, I oh know. shit, that no. wasn't true. Yeah. I'm like, what a chaotic man. I adore him. I think the reason Edward's so happy in Breaking Dawn is because Robert Pattinson's just relieved that it's over. True. <laughs> He's like He's the just is relieved. At the end of the <laughs> Watching the press for that movie and then in like people asking him questions about like his like plot points and he's like i don't fucking know man i'm just here (laughs) literally he's like i don't know it's weird that's all i'm like me too rob (laughs) no answer it's just i don't fucking know man i don't know I'd be really interested to know whether or not he read the rest of the books because he read the first yeah. one, but then took the first one too seriously. Yeah. And so I wonder if he even bothered with the others or if he just was like, I'll just do what they tell me to do I, in the screenplay. I really hope There's he didn't story. and he just guessed. There's a story that floats around somewhere of him and Rupert Grint. And it's either he made Rupert read all the books or like <laughs> Rupert made him read all the books. Like... I would cry if he made Rupert Grint read all the Twilight books and then relay the information to him. <laughs> True friendship. Like, it, it was there. like it was like a lost bet or something, and one of them had to read all the books. <laughs> it's hard talking about the differences between the books and the movie because, like you said earlier, I think because they split it into two parts, it allowed them to actually like faithfully adapt book to movie. Mm-hmm. besides the weird battle scene in Breaking Dawn, which we've covered already. <laughs> yeah. Though I will say, I find myself reaching for Breaking Dawn Part 1 to just watch a lot more often than mm-hmm. I used to. I think it's because I've burnt myself out on New Moon, and I need to memorize mm-hmm. Breaking Dawn Part one script, I guess, now. And then, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> then backtrack back to New Moon. You know, the most relatable part about that movie is during the battle, and Marcus turns to see one of the werewolves coming at him, and he goes... <laughs> Finally! And I'm like, you know what, dude? Me too. <laughs> Marcus is all of us. <laughs> but you know what? It, he feels he feels that way because Aro murdered his fucking wife. Yeah. I can't believe Aro... Like, I would also want to die. And his sister too. I'm like, I can't believe Aro fucking murdered his friend's wife and also his sister. That's, l- that's yep. a bit much for me. A bit cruel. I also get satisfaction watching Caius get fucking destroyed. Same with Jane. Like, the kind of fanning... Watching Jane get fed to Sam. Oh, it's amazing. Gives me chills every time. I'm like, this is beautiful. Vengeance. Caius and Jane just kind of have the same face where, like... And it's Dakota Fanning, right? She's the one who plays Jane. Yeah, I just... Mm -hmm. No, it's nothing against her personally. I just want to punch her in the face. She's just got Shut one up. of those faces. She's got one of those faces that I just want to punch. I can't explain why. That's amazing. I love that for you. I'm like, ever- she's such a great actress because of how much I hate Jane. I'm like, she yeah. really convinced mm-hmm. me to really dislike this person so much so that I was I get excited when she gets eaten by a werewolf. Amazing. Her brother is also low-key hot. Can I talk about that for a second? Alec? Whoever <laughs> cast is Alec. Not. Like, he aged like a <laughs> yeah, fine wine. That's all I'm saying. Alyssa? 
I need to tell you that canonically those characters are 13. I don't want to talk about that. I'm talking about the actor well, playing Alec. Make. They should have cast some 13-year-olds. They should have. Like, like the Stranger Things kids or something. Like, yeah. Like, cast. <laughs> when these films came out, the Stranger Things kids were literally maybe born. Maybe not them, no. but like kids similar no. to their acting abilities. Make me feel old, though. That just aged me. <laughs> no, they had to be at least a few years old. Because, like, Millie Bobby Brown just, like, turned 18. It's 2022. So right. So then she's, like... these tw- films came out in, like, 2011. Yeah, okay. so they she was at least, like, nine. Okay. Oh. oh. So almost... Almost there. <laughs> Yikes, though. Millie Bobby Brown is Jane. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. Millie totally. Bobby Brown is Renesmee. Oh, actually, that would have worked out pretty well. Yeah. It could have, been, you know, could have been worse, could have been better. I don't want to see a Twilight reboot, though. I'm like, leave things as they are. I don't want to. It does not need a no. reboot. Yeah, anytime someone talks about rebooting, like, Twilight, or they talk about rebooting the Harry Potter movies a lot, no. I'm like, no. Don't touch don't those. Think... Also, also, those films aren't old enough no. yet. Nope. They came out in you the re- 2000s. We're still here, man. You reboot The first movies. film is barely 20 years old. Yeah. Like, you can, you can reboot movies from, like, 50 years ago. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like, West Side Story, I was like, this is appropriate for, like, a reboot. The first one came mm-hmm. out in the 60s, 50s. Either mm-hmm. way, it's old enough for a reboot, and they did a good job anyways. So, like, maybe in, a, in like... 50 years or so reboot twilight i don't know why that's the movie franchise you'd reboot (laughs) but pop off i would love to talk about our favorite films yes okay so i've already mentioned i think that twilight is the best Mm -hmm. film like just because it's twilight like it it it's one of those things where it's like Pick your favorite Blue's Clues host, but you can't say Steve is your favorite oh. because Steve is everyone's favorite, oh, you yes, know? absolutely. Like, you can't say Twilight is your favorite because Twilight is everyone's mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that then Breaking Dawn Part 1 would be my favorite film. We all know mine is New Moon. <laughs> like, we've been here. I just, I like the golden aesthetic of it all. I, the, the score is beautiful. I like the storytelling. It was like my first Twilight movie theater experience because I joined the franchise a little bit too late to see the first one in theater. So it was my first like opening night Twilight experience. And I think the nostalgia just makes it my favorite every time. See, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think I've ever been a really huge fan of like I love the like love the books as much as you can with also being very jaded <laughs> about it. Yeah. I just I don't think I was ever a super huge fan of the other films. I just I I think I didn't like how they would skew away from the books sometimes. I didn't I didn't really appreciate Kristen Stewart as something about her portrayal of Bella bugged me a lot. Um yeah. I, I I think, unfortunately, I do have to say it. it t- the first one is my favorite movie, uh, mostly for the accurate portrayal of awkward high school students. Never forget, <laughs> Bella, look, a worm. <laughs> a worm. How you liking the hey, rain, girl? girl? How you liking the rain, girl? <laughs> Amazing. So quotable, too. Can't mm-hmm. blame me there. Guys, don't drink it. <laughs> it's for the plants. <laughs> Like it's the, it is the mo- it, it is the most accurate portrayal because like even the Cullens are all like high school students in that yeah. movie. It mm-hmm. feels more real. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is our final episode about the Twilight Saga. So I will ask both of you if you have any final thoughts you would like to share about this series as a whole before we leave it behind for good. Oh my god, that's so much. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, thanks y'all for joining us for the last four months for, you know, reading and watching the movies and the books. It's been a time. I don't know if I'd recommend you watch or read them. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want to, like, read something easy and fun, 
I would read them mm-hmm. because they're pretty easy. But and the movies are fun to watch with your friends when you need something to make fun of. Yeah, when you mm-hmm. put the pink mustache on your TV and you get drunk. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> moving forward, if anybody like wants to continue, like definitely read Midnight Sun. It makes the yes. first book so much more juicy. <laughs> There's so mm-hmm. much going on in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I agree with that recommendation. Okay, should we take some time to do some zillennial quiz taking before Yay. we sign off here? Yes! Yeah? Okay, so today we're taking a quiz that is a BuzzFeed quiz titled Which Twilight Movie Soundtrack Best Describes Your Life or like Best Fits Your Life kind of thing. Um, And it's just going to tell us which movie soundtrack is our vibe because the soundtracks for these films are honestly one of the most iconic things about them. So Mm -hmm. we're going to find out which film soundtrack we are. Uh, anyone have any guesses for themselves? I, any predictions? I hope to God I get New Moon, because that soundtrack is my favorite <laughs> thing on this goddamn earth. It's so good, it shaped my music taste. That's what I, I think want. I want the original Twilight soundtrack, mostly because nothing gets more iconic than Decode by Paramore. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a feeling I'm going to end up being Breaking Dawn Part 1, because I'm a soft little bitch. Aww. So... Aww. Oh, I, I forgot. A thousand years is on the last one. That one's a, that it one's is. a kick. Like as mushy as it is, it is a kick-ass <laughs> song. It, yeah, I agree with that statement. Okay. All right. Let's hop right. We'll in. see y'all on the other side. Okay. I have a fascinating result. This is interesting, and I don't know if I agree with this. Okay. All right, who wants to go first? Allie is our guest. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. (laughs) I got the New Moon soundtrack. (gasps) And it says, have you been feeling a little listless lately? Do the days seem to blend together? Look no further than the New Moon soundtrack, which flawlessly encompasses these complicated emotions of stasis. It may even dredge up more blissful feelings of friendship Just don't go hopping on the back of some random dude's bike or cliff diving. It's you don't do that shit in New York. They came for you. Did true. (laughs) Alyssa, do you want to go next? I got the Twilight soundtrack. Um, Okay, so I know. I know. We. I wish we could trade Allie. Honestly, so it says chances are life is a little angsty at the moment. You feel everything intensely, so the first Twilight soundtrack, which provides the backdrop to the iconic and alluring lines such as "You better hang on tight, Spider Monkey," probably fits your world pretty well. Throw on some eyeliner and a black T-shirt while you blast this in the background. (laughs) Woof! I got. The Eclipse soundtrack. I don't even remember that I forget about that one. Right? It says, right now you might find yourself at a crossroads. The world seems bright and full of promise, but you also have to have decisions to make, and ones that aren't so easy. Put on the Eclipse soundtrack and see if these things come into clarity. Regardless, as long as you don't have an army of newborn vampires coming to kill you, you're in pretty good shape. I mean, you don't have one of those, right? Because I'm yeah. pretty sure we all have one. Like, do you have one too? <laughs> the army of newborn vampires? Yeah, mine's like the homeless people and the subway rats, but like... <laughs> <laughs> mine's the toddlers I teach. <laughs> Mine is just my general office job right now. And my grueling moving decision. That's my army right now. Mm-hmm. Same. Alyssa, where can they find our podcast? You can find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. If you listen to your podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating because we want people to find us. You can reach out to us on social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at T-Squee. Or if you want to send us some longer thoughts, go ahead and send us an email. Our email address is tnsquee at gmail.com. That's T, the letter N, squee at gmail.com. Allie, Alyssa, what should they send us this week? I want them to send us uh, playlists that are curated from the Twilight, uh, from the Twilight soundtracks to match specific moods. Oh, please Ooh. send that. I have a Twilight aesthetic playlist that I'm always dying to add stuff to. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Or like send me send me a playlist of like songs from the Twilight Saga that make me want to fight something. Yeah. Songs from the Twilight Saga that make me want to kiss somebody. Like s- send me those uh, those curated playlists. Ooh, please and send thank me you. a new Good moon options. aesthetic. I want a new moon aesthetic playlist. I know I can just go look for one myself and then make my own based on that. But someone just do it for me. I would really appreciate it. Um, Allie, uh, is there anything that you would like to promote before we head off? um, Where can they find you online? um, I'm on Instagram at Allie double underscore Simone. Uh, That's pretty much all I've got right now. you know, cool, cool. It's, it is self-taping and, and self-hating season, so hopefully something's coming along <laughs> around the bend. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you for sticking with us yes. for the last four months oh of God. this bullshit. Yeah, send suggestions um, of what you want to hear us talk about next, because we got yeah some open air time. <laughs> we got all the options in the world now. Yeah. We're done with this. It's weird not to have the next like month and a half planned out. The the mm-hmm. op- the opportunities are endless for you They're, guys. They really are. Yes. <laughs> the yeah. world is bright and beautiful. So many different things to cover. <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks mm-hmm. with something new and refreshing yes. and not this. Yeah, not so. <laughs> so to all of our Twilight haters, you can come back. You. Yes, please. Please come back. Please come back. We missed you. <laughs> please come back. <laughs> and if you were only here for Twilight, uh, please stick around. Yeah. Please. <laughs> it, it's just as good when we're not talking about Twilight, too. I swear. Uh, maybe, maybe better. better, yeah. Arguably better. A little bit better, yeah. <laughs> All right, friends. Everybody say bye to Allie. I'm sure we'll have her back for something yeah. in in the longevity of this podcast mm-hmm. because uh Allie is our chaos queen yes. and we love her thank so. you i strive to please <laughs> <laughs> but so long for yes. now Allie. thanks for yes. joining us for breaking yeah, dawn thank you for having me and so long to the rest of our chaos kingdom mm-hmm. until next time when we see you with something new yay yay okay. bye, bye.